going on, Jordan? Good morning, Mike. How are you, sir? Doing all right. Got mm. the uh, the dog walked. Got the coffee drank. Got the the spirit in my soul. <laughs> what kind of spirit do you have in your soul? You know, just the usual one. I don't know. Mm. The, the American spirit. spirit bro? The American <laughs> spirit. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, you doing? Go for a smoke. Yeah, uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I have a similar. I'm, I'm obviously because there's a three hour time difference. I've done the dog thing twice. Only already. twice. Shit, I've done it twice. It's <laughs> eight a.m. No, I'm sorry. I took him out three times. When he first wakes up, then feed him. I, I so to anyone listening, last week I think I mentioned that I was getting a dog. Um, they announced short, you know, with short notice that there was one available. We were originally anticipating coming in January. Um, and then it actually arrived on Tuesday. So I've had a dog for five days now, or if I know how to do math. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I've been trying to follow this recommended schedule, um, because the first couple of days were cool. And then I think the dog got just exhausted as hell. Cause, uh, when the breeder told me that it slept about two thirds of the day, I was like, wait a minute, man, it still wants to hang out. It still wants to hang out. And then it just turned into a psychopath at some point. So <sighs> went back. We're back to keeping on a schedule, and we're all good now. It's, it's good. The dog's good. It's learning things. It's 15 weeks old. It's cool. Does the dog ever actually like fully sleep, like where you can see it sleeping, and it's not like aware of your presence? Because our, ours, I, he's like the lightest sleeper. Like he'll sleep. I'll hear him snoring, but the second you like look toward him or move, he's like up and ready. Like I, I've never just seen him fully asleep. We have him kind of, I don't know what you want to say, like in a more isolated area. But mm. if I come near it, yeah, she'll she'll wake up. Unless um, what I've noticed is if they're having dreams, they're a lot harder to wake up. <sighs> they're like impossible to wake up if they're having dreams. Because we tried to wake her up a couple of days ago to put her in the crate. And she was dreaming. And I woke her up in the dream. And she like woke up and she looked right at me. And then she went boom, just like right back to sleep. And then like I had to call her a few times. She woke up and did it again. Boom, right back to sleep. So I, I think it just depends on what... I, I would imagine they have, I don't know, REM or sleep cycle similar to... Not maybe entirely similar, but I don't know. The concept of sleep cycles may exist for dogs. <laughs> his dreams are... It's pretty funny, like, listening to his dreams. Because uh, <laughs> you can tell, like, what's going on in them to some extent. Because yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. be like... Like growling at somebody. Right. And then he'll be like... Barking at, and it's like you're so he's so hardcore in his dreams, whereas he'll never bark at shit in real life, which is a good thing. But it's funny that isn't uh, that what all of our dreams are like? Yeah, we're all we're much uh, more. <laughs> so all of our fantasies come out in our dreams, <laughs> the, the best, the worst, and everything in between. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, it would be interesting if we had the technology to like see what the hell they're dreaming about and see his little <laughs> hardcore puppy fight dreams, and what he's doing in them. <laughs> Yeah, we took him out yesterday uh, for like kind of the f- not. I wouldn't say like the first big outing, but like you know, there's not a whole hell of a lot. I'm, I'm, we're still being pretty cautious about not going out and doing stupid shit with you know in pandemic. Um, but we made a reservation at this cool like outdoor um, restaurant place on the ocean, and you know, it was dog friendly and stuff. So we took him out there, and it's just like. It's nice, too, because it gets him so wiped out because everyone is like, oh, my God, you're puppy, and they have to come pet him, and then he's got to, like, make new friends with all the dogs and all this shit, so by the end of the day, he's just, like, done, which is nice. 
it's a double whammy get to enjoy some time out get to not deal with him for the rest of the day it's good dude we we took her in the car yesterday i guess for the first time since she was dropped off she was terrified oh yeah she was so terrified i was not expecting that like where she wouldn't respond to us even she was like in shock like just not panting yeah just freaked out just just like claws dug in and that like after that incident she just went right to sleep like it was so stressful for her the whole time yeah he uh the first few times in the car he was not super into it i mean he wasn't like maybe that level but he was just like panting the entire time like staring and then uh you know we've got the like hammock thing in the back that sort of covers the seats mm-hmm. and you latch them in and so he's pretty stabilized and whatever and he's getting used to i think just kind of being back there so yesterday i feel like the drive mostly he was coming around to it and like he's definitely not like panting the whole time anymore um i think the acceleration freaks him out sometimes because mm-hmm. the especially in the tesla where it's just like this weird you know like if you don't can't see especially because he's too short uh suddenly having like horizontal g-force like pinning you to the seat's probably a new thing for him but um yeah he's uh He's getting he's getting over it. It's funny that like to think about most dogs really like going on car rides. Uh, I wonder mm. how long that'll take to get to that point. I know the the fantasy of having the dog and the reality of like having it get to <laughs> we were Very like it being things. the dog where you're like come on in the car and it just hops in. It's yeah. cool and it's like enjoying the ride or whatever the hell else you're doing around the house. You're playing video games and it's not chewing on everything or attacking the kids or biting like. <sighs> It's a long road, I feel like, to, yeah, to, for that. Yeah. <laughs> a long and arduous road. <laughs> it's uh, easier than kids, though. So everyone that thinks having if you don't have kids and you have a dog and you think it's like having kids, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all like that. It's way easier. I think it's more easier. like having kids than not having kids. But, yeah, I mean, it's oh, a course. totally different yeah. thing. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It's a lot harder than owning a hamster, right. <laughs> which is my... Or a cat, dude, the difference... I mean, our cat was a little bit of a handful in the beginning. She would kind of, like, run around in the middle of the night for no fucking reason and, like, wake you up. But that was as bad as it got. Uh, He's just, like... It's a whole other different level with dogs. They're just so... Which, I mean, it's, like, their personality type, too. Like, I guess that's why people are dog people, because dogs are needy, and they need you, and they want to be with you 100% of the time. But, like, there's a point where that also gets fucking annoying. Like, I can't walk without crushing him because he's just like my shadow and he's too dumb to like stay behind me um whereas the cat's like eh if i see you cool if not you know catch you in the spring type relationship and that's a little bit easier to deal with when you're fucking busy if you have kids when you have kids if you have kids um just forget about everything you ever thought about your you having autonomy just forget about it (laughs) It's gone, bro. You can't nap. You can't do anything. You can't, there's no concept of time. If you're like, hey, can you give me a minute? They don't know what that means. They have no idea. You think you're going to take a nap? Oh, you think you're going to watch a movie with them and you'll just fall asleep and they won't know that you fell asleep? For sure, dude. For I sure. I remember like vividly as a kid <laughs> on Saturday because I'd want to wake up and like do stuff. I remember like going in my dad's bedroom and, pr- and pulling his eyelids open and being like, <laughs> "Let's watch some cartoons." So I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> but what else are you gonna do, bro? The, your dad's good now, you know. Like that's that made him that like gives you a purpose. I feel like since having kids, 
uh, I'm just more successful at everything because now I have like, oh yeah, you guys need me to do stuff. Okay, I got to keep doing stuff. I've done this. Me, is, it's been single a lot guy, worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done me single with guy just destroy my life. I just not, I'm like Louis. Remember that show, yeah. uh, Louis C.K.'s show where he just he just eats bullshit and like that's that's that was my life. Just fucking buying stuff, buying it was just terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like the dog sort of probably prepares you for that. Like, because I, I, I think you have to. It's like the half, or not even the half step, but I think like uh, it's like you have to start living for this other thing now, like totally in a way that even like a relationship doesn't to some extent because you're both like autonomous. You're just like coexisting, whereas like the dog cannot be without mm-hmm. constant fucking yeah, intervention from you. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like for people who couldn't can't deal with the dog, like don't just don't don't get don't ever have kids like if you can't deal with that it's like gonna be so so much more worse and rewarding i'm sure but jesus this is a this is a perfect natural segue this was not planned to have this conversation for this topic we're having but first um yeah thank you to people who uh have uh been signing up and subscribing uh dropping episodes every sunday if you want to uh, reach out to us via email as people are want to do inhumanpod at gmail.com or on your social network of choice inhuman at inhumanpod as uh, our little social network handle that we're super active on so feel free to, <laughs> to contact us that way um yeah if you message us we'll respond yeah we will i I I don't know. I've 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 been in some sort of social media We're protest having an for like the last dilemma. ten years. <laughs> it's been about ten years where I've had a social media protest, and I was posting, you know, our content on there. But I still hard to talk feel about. Like the dangers of social media and then go and use it to distribute <laughs> right. our shit. So that's yeah. why we're pretty right, much right. non-existent there. But uh, you know. We're like Tool and those other bands that are like conscientious objectors to like posting their shit on iTunes and Spotify <laughs> and stuff. We're just not, you know, it's out there. If you need to find it, you'll find it. <laughs> All right. Now back to All right. the matter at hand. Yeah. So, yeah. After we spoke last week about, um, my gosh, I always wanted to say second um Good God! What is the what is the topic title? Gun control. Week, yeah. I can never think of gun control. Okay, after having our gun control conversation last week, and it you know somewhat naturally flowed into a conversation about militias and things. The whole week, I was I was sort of um, I don't know maybe more aware of, of stories in the news and things like that of more of these militias or like these like boogaloo guys, and you know kind of thinking about. From my perspective, um, my my clinical experience of, of working with young men, and I wanted to talk about failure to launch. I, I guess is maybe the a, a way to talk about it. That movie just, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that's that's the one. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. No, um, I I, I want to talk about just young men, and I, I think young men are having you know, a a difficulty in the Western world finding themselves in the, in the post-industrial world. And I think it's creating a lot of conflict for us. And I think there's a lot of counter reaction to it. And yeah, I just really wanted to have a conversation about it because I feel like, um, like all things in human, 
in human condition, I think it's also more um, reinforced by their use of internet and things like that and other ways to get some form of socialization and find some form of camaraderie, although it be it in the most arm's length sort of way as it's only existing online. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to have a conversation about young men uh, in conflict, not being able to get basically get themselves together and have consistent relationships or have, you know, viable work options or just integrate into society. I, I think that um, young white men are having a hard time uh, figuring it out, which is obviously problematic. Yeah, I think young people in general, it seems like. But and I was reading some of those articles that you had sent. But yeah, I guess to like set the table. So if, in terms of like failure to launch, we're, t- we're, t- we're talking about, you know, third life people who are struggling with getting their shit together basically like getting <laughs> getting through college i was trying to be more eloquent about it yeah sure well, getting your t- shit together. well yeah you can be i'm just dumbing it down for the other people <laughs> for like me um so yeah like struggle to to finish higher education you know finish what they started have a meaningful relationship period have a have a marriage not that marriage is you know the end all be all but like having a meaningful enough series of relationships that it could lead to that having um, sexual relationships having um, real friendships having a career all those types of things Um, so the inference is that that is trending downward that all of those things are now happening later in life uh, like based on some of the things that I was reading that you'd sent Um, Mm. I guess questions this is going to be one of the ones where I'm just interviewing you the whole time so sure the is it that it's not happening or is it just happening later? And what is the cause of the shift in sort of when this is happening? If it's just happening later. Yeah. Well, the cause is, I mean, I would imagine very multifaceted and, and complicated. I have my ideas based well, on my clinical experience of, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> right, right. Uh, of, of, of my experience working with some of these people. And then obviously, you know, just, uh, whatever sort of information I've, I've read or whatever sort of, uh, what do you want to call it? Like other anecdotal or observational research that I've read. Um, it's not like there's, you know, like long-term studies or something like that where you can have a control, but it's more observational and vignette form type of clinical observations. But I feel like there are many pieces. One of the big pieces is that, um, so this, this relates to both genders um, in, in westernized cultures. I, I think that We've really taken away a lot of, in my opinion, personal responsibility from from young people. Um, I think parents are often too involved. Uh, I think parents are so concerned with having their child like learn a hard lesson that they intervene far too often. And in those interventions, um, they're really limiting a kid's capacity to find their own motivation and find their own sense of purpose or whatever through successes and failures happening naturally so like we have a lot of hovering parents that um basically their their children are being parented because the parents have anxiety about making sure that the the child is parented well but again that that relates to both genders but i feel like that's that's one layer why why does that happen i mean not to go off the rails but I, i often wonder like that seems to be this like newer thing 
I mean, I know that there has been like overprotective parents since the beginning of time, but it does seem like nowadays it's more common in like, you know, the millennial generation and their parents being so like risk averse when it comes to allowing anything to happen to the kid that it makes Mm -hmm. me wonder, I mean, were people just fucking busier before and they didn't have the luxury of of hovering over their kid 24 seven and worrying about every little thing. And now with, you know, more sort of white collary jobs and things that afford you a little bit more of the luxury of time. That's just something they can do. Or is it like the failure of, is it like this cycle that we're in where these parents think that to some extent they like the way that they were raised was not ideal and shifting social norms have caused them to take a more active role. My feeling about it is, and again, I I don't know how you would find the true answer to this, but my feeling about it is it seems to be, uh, again, this is coming from my clinical observations. The children that seem to be struggling the most with this are people who are, doing better off and I don't mean like billionaire better off so my assumption with this is um, while you know in western society for the most part everyone is doing better there's still a huge gap between those who have a lot and those that don't have shit but um, in general I think that because things are going so well um, kids don't have to get acquainted with the real world as much there's more time to you know, just really be in their business. It is almost like a a problem of luxury, like a problem of excess. So I think that there's too much of a focus on how they're doing in school and what colleges they're going to get into, opposed to just kind of like giving them some guidance, you know, or giving them some expectation and then hoping they would figure it out. Um, If you look at like earlier generations, uh, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't the same in terms of, you know, um, responsive, like the, the kind of luxuries we have now are, in my opinion, are, are very different in terms of, um, we just have more resources. And the problem with the resources is like everything can be coddled based on the resources. We can just solve a lot of problems with it. So you don't have to be resourceful then, uh, and figure out it's like, there's no resourcefulness because you have all the resources. You can just be somewhat, you know, like, I guess frivolous with, resource expenditure so i think this is this is mainly part of it i i I don't think it was great how i was let's say raised it wasn't terrible it's just my parents worked a lot um which forced me to have to figure stuff out there were a lot of times where i didn't have guidance um which has its deficits um but in general i I feel like it made me i mean obviously i'm not the be all end all poster child for the world but have to be more adaptive um than some of the people i see today that don't have a driver's license i I can't tell you how many how many boys okay don't have a driver's license at 16 i I remember just chomping at the bit just chomping at the bit to get a damn driver's license because it was your first hint at autonomy okay boys that um are afraid to have relationships Okay. Boys that, um, don't work. They've never had a job. Okay. So these are like kids in high school that haven't had a job. These are and all th- things th- that like were never an option. Blows my mind. <laughs> like, yeah. Blows my mind. I started working really young, like end of seventh grade. My parents had a, a small business at a diner. 
my sister started working there. It was kind of like what you do, like hard work was something that was valued a lot. I guess if, if there was maybe the biggest lesson for me, it was like, okay, just work. Like things will come if you work, just keep yourself busy and work. So yeah, started working early, learned how to make a buck. Most of the kids I see, they don't know how to apply for a job. Well, if their parents force them to get a job, um, the parents have to like walk them through uh, an application. It, it's it's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. And it really does seem like if I'm looking at it, I don't know if you want to space it out demographically or something like that. It seems to be the, the like white boys that are better off. <laughs> and I know this is not like PC what I'm saying, but I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's an observation I'm making. Well, I, yeah, I think- and my, my demographic is not the be all end all either. So this is the demographic of the place that I work. So, yeah. So, I mean, like in terms of a profile of this person. So it, when you're thinking about the younger generation, that's having this, this challenge, it's like typically from a middle-class upper middle class type background uh probably were like over parented um under sort of evolved in terms of like being left on their own enough to have to kind of piece things together to figure it out we're never forced into the situations to kind of inform like where they would have to be like a, the the dry run that usually like i get i feel like your teen life is for getting a job, getting a license, having these relationships through school, um, et cetera. Sounds like that never really went the way that it needed to, to then prepare them for adulthood. You know, like if you've got, if your parents are hovering over the top of you and not forcing you to get a job and not allowing you to go out and hang out with your friends and make the mistakes that teenagers make, then suddenly you're, you know, 35 years old you've never had meaningful relationships you've never really like had that camaraderie you've never had the jobs the shitty jobs and suddenly you have like probably no reduction in expectation in fact your expectation may be higher to some extent but you don't understand like none of it's rooted in reality like that's the other thing that i i guess i anecdotally observe with these types um is they still like they think they're gonna hopscotch to where other people are mm-hmm. in the in the process. Right. Like, oh, I joined the game late, but I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go ahead and scoot ahead to like the part where you're 35 and you're making good money and you're successful and have a wife and kids and shit. And it's like, no, like you, you're not on every level. You're not operating where you need to be. Um, right. And it's, I think some people overcome that through privilege, uh, you know, like, like wealth and, and privilege, just access to things that others don't have. And sometimes that works out. And if they're able to like get around the social shortcomings of it, perhaps they can make up for lost time. But I, I feel like a lot of people then just get stuck in this purgatory forever. You know, like, I, I mean, it's, I guess too early to say, cause we're talking about a kind of a new trend developing within this generation. But um, I, I see a lot of people who just end up, never getting there they're just swirling in that first phase and sure um maybe they find a thing in there that they like and it's just enough to never prevent to never uh, coerce them to like take the next step and again it's uh, we're talking here i am at least i mean the the failure to launch phenomenon here i'm just gonna call it it's it's mostly men Mm -hmm. um where yeah they just can't 
find a trajectory or they don't feel confident or they feel coddled too much um, so that they, you know, in response to this, they, it seems like they become really, they become anxious, they become overprivileged. Um, they find, you know, root in this sort of escapism activities, uh, playing, you know, like trying to get gratified in fantasy through playing video games is like an escapism, finding internet, uh, places to talk, uh, pornography, whatever it is. Like there, there's, there's so much, um, conversation too. It's interesting to me with, uh, like nofap. You, do you know what this idea of nofap is? Have you heard of this? I can uh, figure it out from the name so, probably, but yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of kids that I talk to that are struggling to stop masturbating and with, with the like excessive internet porn that they're looking at. And it's, it's insane to me because they have this like route of escapism where they're obviously they're being gratified. They avoid the potential for social rejection, but they never find a meaningful relationship to the point where they recognize at some point that they're being uh, destructive so that they have to, you know, like make a pledge with other groups of boys or men or whoever on the internet where they, they're having like, you know, I guess almost like group therapy in a way on these like Reddit channels or whatever. Or I, I don't know what all these mediums are where people communicate, um, but where they're like kind of having, yeah, these group therapy sessions where they're reporting, which I feel like is great to have a support group. But the fact that like this support group exists to begin with is a suggestion to me that like you had too much privilege to be able to sit on a computer all day to be able to like play video games and, and talk with people you don't know and play fucking and, and masturbate all day. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's insane to me. It's like, these are normal teenage behaviors. These all happen. However, to the extent that it's happening where someone is not interested in relationships or getting a job or being in the world or making money or getting a driver's license or any version of autonomy, it, it is to me like, wait a minute, you, you guys were doing too well and the expectations were placed too much on maybe like going to college instead of like finding what your own motivations are and like, you know, having you fail or whatever it is. And you've surrounded yourself further um, with people by like, the, what, what is this other... Um, discord do you know about like people go on discord which i just found out recently what this is and they just like talk to other people that they don't know (laughs) their whole relationship world exists here so like this to me is also very different than if i go on a car forum like 20 years ago when i used to go on there and be like hey do you guys know anything about this car i'm looking for this part and someone's like yeah get this one or check this out this is like people that have never met tell me that yeah i have yeah, my good friend here, who is he? Oh, his name's, they give me some screen name, Babu Biba123. And it's like, wait a minute, you, you've, <laughs> your best friend is someone that you've never seen and you've only met online. And like, it, it just, it's blowing my mind. And it seems to be a similar profile that's coming out of a place of too much privilege, which I, I feel like the consequences are becoming really evident because there's no expectation I'll stop after this. <laughs> Sorry. There's no expectation for them to do something greater. Let's say that's starting out at an early age and kind of teaching them the steps that when they fall behind, they feel like they feel like wronged by society that they can't find their way in and just create problems. Well, that's, I guess yeah. like that, that was going to be my question. Maybe it's too early to, to go to this, but <clears throat> like, because it's different, doesn't mean that there's a problem. 
and or like weren't we always going to end up here right like isn't this because that like as a society we're a victim of our own success to some extent like times of prosperity rich with technology and like stripped of the need to do these things of course we were going to end up here right i mean to some extent we yeah i i agree with you there i think though the technology and everything that it's allowing us to do has far exceeded our like what it hasn't even been one generation that's passed and the technology has gone through i can't even count how many generations of of technology versions so we're not evolving for this we're not evolving personally at the rate that the technology is so it's like we're not that far from cave you know i I started getting into like rome the show rome it's an it's an old hbo show from the early 2000s and my thoughts were I mean, obviously, this is you know a show made by made in today, but um, just you know, there's some things with historical accuracies in there. I would imagine some political things or some um, war things. It's like, huh? So that was what like two thousand ish years ago or something, two hundred people ago, let's say. We're like the same. We just have more bullshit. We just have like electronics. We're we're not that different. So after you know, whatever. Um, what did I just, I did the math on this now, 20 people ago, 20 generations ago, whatever it was. Um, the, the drives of people were not that different than they are today. Yet we have all this technology that's, you know, uh, instead of supplementing drive, it's, it's completely replacing, um, you know, pe- people's pursuit for these drives, like relationships, work, wh- whatever it is. And I think it's problematic so that that's yeah yeah I agree with you this is happening how it was let's say supposed to happen if we're following the technology timeline and giving that you know like the credit for hey well this is like uh evolution but it's 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 very I get it like we we created it but it's it's creating this unnatural acceleration and and we're not we're not up to par to be playing with all of this stuff so if we play this out, I mean, this is obviously like the tip of the iceberg to some extent. I mean, we're, we're recognizing patterns. People are trying to correct it in pockets if they sort of self-diagnose, it seems like, you know, in terms of like the NoFap movement and, and some of the other shit that's going on. But I mean, largely what this is going to mean is that, I mean, at a macro level, like fewer and fewer people interacting in the ways that we used to think, like more uh, more community moving to a digital medium, less community in the physical medium, less meaningful relationships, less uh, sexual relationships, less children, fewer children. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, where do you see this going, I guess? Because, you know, and I look at Japan seems to be the one coming up a lot because this seems like that's been the proliferation of this sort of issue seems to have started there from a lot of the things that I'm reading like fewer and fewer males or males and females, I guess, as a a result, like having relationships and this is really affecting the birth rates there, yada, yada, yada. I mean, when I think about a lot of the problems that that we face on earth, fewer people uh, is, is certainly the solution to one of them. So, I mean, is this, is it the worst thing? I mean, like, I guess it's at the cost of having a lack of, personal connection i suppose and if this goes on for long enough then not only do we sort of stagnate that growth but we potentially reverse it which can be problematic but why do you think this is a problem i think it's a problem because um if people 
do not have, this is clinical speak here, but if they don't feel intrinsically motivated, so they, they don't have the motivation for themselves to exist in the world, in a society, in the real society, they can't find a place for themselves in the system to be productive, but they will still have those drives. And like all of, you know, using the worst examples of this, like some of the like militia people or some, you know, these um, these people that tried to, I don't know, plot to kidnap the governor in the worst examples of this, even those guys eventually were so um, low on, on being gratified. Right. They were so they were in such um, such a deficit of being like real world gratified that they wanted to affect the real world. And it was almost like the, the cumulative mass of all of their deprivation decided to come together to create some sort of consequence in the real world. Fortunately, you know, whatever the FBI was paying attention. Um, but to, to get some like larger scale gratification in the real world, that would have been destructive. So it's like they're, they're trying to get some sort of compensatory um gratification in bulk by doing something destructive instead of the typical cycle of being in, in the world is like, okay, I go to work. Uh, work was difficult. I feel good that I accomplished it. Um, on this day, I had a lot of accomplishments that motivates me on the next day. Um, I made a mistake and whatever I, I was reprimanded and I felt ashamed of it, but I learned how to overcome it. But now I have a tolerance for, you know, like right. you, you sort yeah. of build a tolerance to this flow. Yeah, it does seem like so, it, it's like I, I always come back to like Wally, uh, where in the end, like in the future of Wally, everybody's just in there yeah. like floating lawn chairs with their mo- favorite movies playing with like a IV of Mountain Dew, you know, into their bloodstream <laughs> and shit. And given the choice and without the necessity to evolve and like face adversity and, and everything that comes with that, I think that it's human nature to just find the path of least resistance right like that's survival generally sure um you know if sure. you laid a pile of dead deer at the foot of uh, like a, a pack of wolves of mm-hmm. course they're just going to eat that why wouldn't they right and i think like technology right, right. has been this thing that has given us that and it has given us the shortcut and it has given it to the masses to some extent i mean like we're obviously ignoring a lot of complexity therein but i mean what well like you do not have to be wealthy anymore to access these things that we're talking about and i think Mm -hmm. that's part of the problem too i mean in addition to the helicopter parent scenario which is probably something more rooted in like upper class people who can afford that you know that is a luxury to be able to give your child that kind of attention and that kind of means like all these other things that are related to that i do feel like on a long enough scale, this is some. This is a problem that also affects lower, middle, everywhere class uh, kids, kind of holistically, right? Because you can, as we're seeing right now, like ha- they have to be on the internet for schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not. You know, we've talked about the repercussions of of remote education right now. Like they're not. Like they're basically forced into a situation where they're not having to interact with other actual kids. Um, through a physical medium it's all digital and yeah i mean it's like uh, there's uh, given a long enough time frame and given making things so much easier um i wonder where this goes you know and it's it speaks to this bigger movement too with just 
like removing any and all obstacles and not judging performance anymore also seems to be like a new kind of alarming trend. I mean, we talked about this in the past, but you know, like in sport, like I've talked to kids, parents, you know, it's in like sporting events and shit now are everybody gets a participation trophy and both teams go out for ice cream and this and that. And it's like, I get the, the principle of that. I mean, that's, that's nice. And maybe when you're talking about six year olds, like, that's one thing but the fact that it seems like that carries on into other aspects of life and and longer and longer into like schooling and sporting and everything else during development it is alarming because at some point if there's if there's no carrot and no stick and there's only carrots uh, how do how does anybody get motivated i mean you know we we're in this mode right now with our dogs right like if you right right had no means of motivating the dog it would devolve into a piece of shit pretty quickly as you found yeah. in two days it took right. its behavior <laughs> right. completely reversed right. and i think right. we're seeing what happens with adolescents uh as a result of that right like without the, the stick has now been stigmatized you can't use a stick anymore okay and then the carrot you can't even strategically use the carrot because the carrot now has to be applied to everybody all the time because you tried you know, you're good enough. You, you, you might have some sort of disadvantage compared to somebody else. And it's like, well, geez, I mean, sure. But we always have, right? Like nothing has changed. Some people have better athletic ability. Some people have higher cognitive ability. Some people had more means. Some people pick shit up sooner than others and had, but the sum of all that means that some people are inherently better, faster, more prepared than others. Um, and, that's just the way it is. That's the way of the world. I think like it's a dangerous com- combining with all the things that we're talking about. It's also this dangerous precedent that we're starting to set the expectation that it's okay. Things will still work out for you. You'll still get the ice cream at the, at the end of the, the big game. Right. right? Um, and uh, it, it seems like this perfect storm is kind of brewing to what end. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where we end up when, some huge portion of society and like the workforce quote unquote doesn't feel, you know, there's like the sense of entitlement and lack of experience and skill and, and whatever's needed to sort of back that up. I don't know if we just fall out of, uh, what, where, wherever our standing is in the world. And I'm, I'm likening like the U S but maybe the first world, like maybe the first world stalls out because they become a victim of their own success, right? Like technology yeah. is the great playing field leveler. And then suddenly everybody's just like, Oh, this is kind of it. Like we're not, we don't need to procreate anymore. We have all, all of our favorite movies and porno and whatever to watch all day and not do any of this other sure. shit. Um, and then sprinkle some VR into the mix. I mean, like imagining a, a situation where 30 years from now, it's like a ready player one scenario where everybody can just strap it on. And I'm instead of living in my shithole hovel, I've got a tropical paradise all, all for the low price of $999. I can be wherever I want to be right. on earth and get whatever sensations I want to get. Uh, what's going to be the motivation to do shit? Your, your uh, point about um, like making all things equal. Th- this is like a, a, another thing here where, um, I think we've been so, let's say, overly focused on discrimination um, that we think that discrimination is not a good thing. Discrimination is a bad thing if it's abusive, okay? 
if if you you're not giving people opportunities that's that's not a good use of discrimination okay if you're giving people opportunities and you want them to compete or measure up or whatever that kind of discrimination has been around forever and that's how it has to exist and that's how we have grades and pay scales and titles and all of that sort of thing if discrimination becomes so uncomfortable to everyone then people also don't feel comfortable being like discriminated against. Like, and what I mean by this is this is a discrimination. I might be using this word in a way that doesn't make sense to how it's talked about in mainstream, but just hear me out here. If I go ask a girl out and she decides no thanks and I feel embarrassed about it, I was just discriminated against. And that's how life works. (laughs) That's, that's what you got to learn that that's going to happen to you. Uh, countless numbers of young guys I work with, they'll say, well, like, how do you, why didn't she respond to me? And they'll show me a text thread, first of all. I'm sorry, that's not, that's too intimate to describe a text thread. They'll show me a Snapchat and they'll say, I sent this picture. And the picture is some ambiguous thing that doesn't, doesn't, it gives no intent at all. It's like a picture of a shoe. I don't even know, something, something really ridiculous and ambiguous. Hey, why didn't she respond? What do I say? Um, and if, if I make a recommendation, like, why don't you just one, ask her for her phone number? Cause that's more intimate than Snapchat. Okay. But then in the phone number, just say something like, Hey, I find you attractive or I think you're interesting. Can we hang out? And their reaction to this every single time is like, that's so creepy. That's crazy. You don't do that. You don't understand. It's like, no, bud. You don't understand. You're worried about facing the discrimination or the rejection that you become so aversive that you're using Snapchat that you recognize as a very disconnected medium and you're sending a very ambiguous and disconnected um, message to them to reduce the, um, what do you want to call it? Like the clarity in the message so that if you get rejected, you can deny what your intention right, better was. Better to take like dozens of small, low risk <laughs> steps to get right. to the point. Yeah, yeah. but I, I also, I right. mean, I empathize with that to some extent because I feel like society is pushing them in this direction. Like it is, I could see where it could be construed as creepy to some extent based on the shit that you read, and like everything has to be, you know, totally above board and like very, very non-threatening, non-risky, whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, I would not want to be in the situation that these kids are in now. Uh, trying to trying to like form and and have relationships like, you know, w- which was a much easier process before. I I don't you know, I get it, um, but yeah, it's also just compounding the problem that we're talking about. Right, because then if you get so repressed of of having needs met, that I do become creepy because I'm desperate. <laughs> this is where the problem right. comes in. This is where I'm too pushy. Because I'm so hungry now, I'm so hungry that I'll steal for it, okay? And, and that's where the problem comes in. So Suddenly you're kidnapping just, the fucking governor. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And whoever, yeah, and who, I don't know. I'd be curious, you know, to see if they get interviewed for, um, yeah, uh, not guilty for reasons of insanity to see what, what sort of... Uh, I don't know if that would even get published or whatever. D- to see what their motivations were, there's got to be some kind of... I don't know. My mom yelled at me. The authorities are bad. It's also probably strangely somewhat sexual. I, I don't know. That's I'm the going other off thing. Without no, but we we kind of talked about that yeah. yesterday. Like that's that's another sort of dangerous 
trend I, I see anecdotally, not that I'm equipped to analyze this shit, but it's sort of like the self-victimized role mm-hmm. that everybody plays now where, I mean, I can't possibly be responsible for the outcome of my own life. Like there are external, like I see these people online and they did, you know, they're like, they are successful. They have the life that I want. They have this, that, the other, they're wealthy, they're attractive, whatever. But I've been born into a situation where that's not my case. So somebody else is to blame for that. My parents are to blame for that, for, you know, having bad genes or my not leaving me some huge inheritance or what, you know what I mean? Like I, I just see this. Sure. I'm not talking about myself, obviously, because I'm quite attractive. So thank you parents. Um, <laughs> no, but like You're attractive <laughs> guy, um, you're a solid four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I have a complex <laughs> asshole. Um, yeah, you know, it's it just like the, the, I, I think that fits in with the whole like participation trophy thing where you you tried and that's good enough. And it's like you existed. So therefore you can't be right. to blame for any other potential outcome. And it's like, that's just not the way the world works. I mean, like look to nature. Like there are right there. Sometimes the shit just pans out the way that it pans out. And it's not the, the fucking, you know, rabbit's fault that it got sniped by the Fox or whatever. I don't know if fucking foxes eat rabbits. I don't know the ecosystem there, but it happened. The rabbit was in the wrong place at the wrong time shit befell it and oh well you know um but i i I feel like we're now becoming like self-apologists all the time uh unwilling to accept things that happen some percentage of which were outside of our control or anybody else's and and that was just the roll of the dice some of which were definitely within your control or at least could influence or not have been in this wrong situation and yet that seems to be less of an acceptable narrative moving forward. Um, people people need there to be some reason other than that's just the way it was. And uh, it, again, layering on each of these things that we're talking about, it's worrisome that we're going to end up in a scenario in the future where there's just no accountability and no... M- motivators um maybe this is a really good thing for the few of us who somehow get through the filter <laughs> with without those inhibitions we're gonna die though what happens after that like you know like that's if it continues to trend this way what this is the last generation well, well no i mean if you can do if you can manage to to uh, insulate your your children and provide a generation of like non uh the whatever if we can get our kids to launch then maybe they're going to be in a situation where they're, you know, they're like so much more equipped to deal with the realities of life. Cause I think at the end of the day, like when I think about, I don't know, careers and things, things that actually matter for people's success, because like all of this is great, but like I'm seeing in biz, the business world and whatever elsewhere that, it's not like they've adjusted to this outcome. I mean, sure, like maybe HR policies are a little bit more like coddly than they once were, but um, it's not like you can just phone it in and that's fine, right? Like when, when your compensation right. is is based on performance and you don't perform, expect not to have a job. That is the way that the business world works. I don't know that that's going to change. So I do wonder if this just polarizes, um, you know, like the workforce and schooling and whatever where like all of these people are like oh i don't know i don't want to put myself out there and i don't want to take the risk and i'm afraid of failure if you have some small subset of people who 
make it through and and do have those motives are they just going to completely pound everybody else into oblivion and, and like just completely blow past them and, and be the rulers of the world or is there just an outcome where everything adjusts and this is just the new norm i don't know i i guess i'm, I'm afraid of that world um i, I see this being t- you know I, I was talking with this uh, or about this with you a bit when we were trying to figure out what to talk about um the other day but I see the the consequence here for um, the future generation being for okay. So if you're concerned with progression of of women and, and progression of of women in the workplace or in status or everything, right? Like you you want that real equality. If you're being dragged down by young men that you can't get married to, that won't stick around, that don't have jobs, that don't. <laughs> you're not going to be progressing very far if you have to have it. Let's say you do marry these people and you have to take care of them and you have to provide for them and you have to watch the kids while providing for them as well. Uh, this really screwing up things for, in my opinion, for, for women to or at will. And and that's what I I feel like this consequence is. Um, so as, is women are now out achieving their counterparts, like in college completion, um, in, in work placement outside of college, uh, in, in our country, at least it's going to create a further problem for them when they have, you know, like men or young men, you know, that are acting like boys that are disenfranchised, let's say, and don't know how to figure it out. Uh, they're, they're only going to be able to get so far. Um, so yeah, I feel like if you're concerned as a woman for, you know, your future and your progression, you better also be concerned with the progression of young men that can't get it together. Because if you can't find a partner to help you out in this adventure, because there are no viable partners, you're going to have to take on that burden of reforming, you know, whatever the, the demographic that's not able to launch right now. So that's what I see from this long-term consequence. And it reminds me, I, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday too, similarly of like, um, low socioeconomic, uh, you know, demographic where, um, particularly inner city, uh, African-American males can't get things together. They're involved in a lot of, you know, the criminal stuff. Um, most of them have had, you know, encounters with the law or have, have been in jail. So it leaves the women in those societies to kind of run the roost and they have a very hard time because it's very difficult to get on top when you're the one working and you're the one raising the kids if you don't have a reliable partner. So obviously there's all these other factors because that's low socioeconomic, but in terms of not having reliable partners available, I feel like the consequence would likely be comparable. Or not having partners available at all. I mean, yeah, that's that's like an advantage that... uh, you know, I don't, I mean, it's, I feel like seldom looked at that way, but like, if you think about like how much further you can get together with somebody else, I mean, just, just generally, sure. like, doesn't matter, specifically talking about marriage, but like being able to pool resources is something that I think has helped, like, as you get to that point, especially in like a capitalist society where both are working now and it's not just, there's, you know, stay at home, like parents anymore as much, um, that's an immense advantage. And like to think about people, you know, having fewer of those relationships to get to that point or, or like what you're talking about in, in, in um, lower socioeconomic areas, like where somebody has to then bear the burden of both the parent and the provider 
um that's that's a huge step backwards uh to be operating that way and again i mean i guess it's just uh, fundamentally boils down to like what is your metric of success but i think like most people would agree that struggling to make ends meet is not the thing that they dreamt of um, growing up. And so, you know, if we play this out on a long enough scale, it is concerning that these things don't seem to be going away. They only seem to be getting worse. I mean, much worse all the time. Like when I think about social media and like all of the things on the internet and like where kids, I remember, I mean, obviously we were playing games and shit online when, when I was, in high school, but it was like just the beginning of that. And it was like, you'd go to your friend's house to play games together type of thing mostly. And like mm-hmm. online gameplay was just kind of coming about definitely chatted with people online that definitely probably took some of the pressure off of like having, um, you know, actual physical encounters with people. Uh, but it was, it was so early and it was such a small, like there were limitations to the tech. So you could only take it so far. Now it's like, all these kids are doing and i sound like some old man like get off my lawn but they're all just like snapchatting tiktoking instagram like there is no i don't even know what there is anymore yeah Yeah, it's like there's a new thing every week yeah and it's just some other way like all of them are almost excuses to show and we've talked we've talked about this but it's like like tiktok just seems like an excuse to be like look at me dancing or singing or like whatever and like it's Mm. like but with the music over the top of it so i don't even have to show you my musical ability or anything or even pick the song because there'll be like a song that's trending this week so it's like remove the decision remove the talent all i've got to do is like bounce around and do something outrageous and funny and then you get this glimpse into it and hopefully you you react and i've put that out there and you can passively consume it or not but like that's the whole foundation, at least my understanding. I've never actually used TikTok, but um, that's my understanding of the whole premise of that platform. And it's like that over and over and over and over where right. we're allowed to little like, useless hits. Yeah, put put my <clears throat> I can put my piece out there. You can react to it or not. I only really get positive reinforcement from it now, right? It's like mm-hmm. they don't even like Facebook doesn't even have a thumbs down. It's got like an angry emoji, but like you can't you can't dislike what I'm saying. You can only like or heart, or wow, or angry, or whatever, um, and that's it. Like I, yeah, what, I don't want to hear from any worth? dissenters. Is it's like what's worse? Okay, so polarization was bad. We learned that <laughs> Facebook. Now this one is like just breeding narcissism, <laughs> right? Further, like you're like it's like okay, th- this is great. And it's just so everything you do everywhere else, right. you know. And it, it, this reminds me, we had like a team building i don't know i was gonna say like an offsite but i was assuming there's no offsites anymore um <laughs> we had like a team a group thing with my team this week and one of the we were asking like deep questions of one another uh to try to get it you know get to know each other and like how each other thinks and one of the questions was do you find it more motivating to be praised or criticized at work and i was like a hundred percent criticized like i didn't even understand why there would be debate there you know like one i don't i don't like being praised at all just to begin with and two how the hell am i going to grow from this is your personality though sure (laughs) it's mine too but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but i'm just like how do you grow if you like yeah you give the dog a treat when it does a good thing and that's positive reinforcement but i want to know more than anything else like short give me give me the end of the story tell me where i'm bad so i can improve on that don't just 
Because presumably I'm, you're better at more things than you're terrible at. So like, let's just tell me the things that I'm bad at so I can improve on that rather than having me have to deduce it by telling me only the things that I'm good at. But you're saying, though, that you also get gratified by being able to, I don't know, learn from those things that you were criticized for. So there is like a praise piece there. It's just the way that you get the praise. It's the not lack like of you're criticism just, dropping the fucking I mean, I, Snickers bars off on your desk. Or yeah, 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 but, <laughs> like, Here you go. You're alive. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm employed is the, the praise <laughs> that I guess I'm looking for at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It's like, it's funny that. I feel like that's where we're getting is you just need, like, I, I want the praise. I don't want the criticism because I can't deal with it. And, you know, I don't like being, I wouldn't say I go out of my way to, like, be, get criticized, but it does, it bothers me when I get, you know, we do, like, uh, uh, twice a year review cycle thing where you get, like, people to write shit for you. And oftentimes they're, like, so rosy. Um, and it's like, I know, it's like, I've been on calls with you. We've had contentious conversations. Like, tell me, you know, I know you've got something. Like, tell me something bad. And I feel like everybody's just so afraid to to do that. And, you know, I feel mm. it on my end. Like, I have to write reviews for people, too. And it's like, you know, you do feel like, uh, it's a little bit weird. And, like, I don't know who who's going to see it and whatever. But, like, sometimes you just got to be honest. Like, oh, I don't like, the, you know, this. I think that they struggle with X, Y, and Z. Or, like, their management style is a little bit passive. Like, they need to be more active or whatever. Like, I, I think that it's doing a disservice to people if you don't provide those criticisms. Right. Um, right. But, again, I mean, that's becoming kind of a taboo thing. <laughs> and it's reinforced yeah, yeah. all in, in every way that these kids are interacting. Um, criticism's not even an option. Like, literally. Right. Right. Yeah. Criticism and discrimination, not an option. Again, I don't mean racial discrimination or unfair. Right. I mean, if you didn't do the job well, you don't get the same, you don't get the same benefits as someone who did the job better than you. Or if you didn't meet the baseline, you know, it's like, Hey, you can't operate. So here, here's like my success metric. This is all that it is. Um, you need to be able to provide for yourself work wise. Okay. And you need to be able to maintain a relationship and provide for that relationship, that family system. It doesn't, it, there's nothing grandiose. All this other bullshit, like Jordan and I are into some stupid shit. Um, it's all a waste of time. Man. You know, you can't say but that. He and I talk about cars all day. It's a waste of fucking, no, but it is. It's a waste <laughs> of time. That's not a success metric. That's he and I are acting like little boys. That's occupying so our car mind. Bullshit. That's all it is. It's like, it's like filling the other, to the <laughs> right. time between other shit. Because we don't have enough kids. Right. If we had more kids, then we wouldn't have the luxury of <laughs> being able to do car shit. The real success metric for me is can you have a meaningful relationship long term and watch it grow? Okay. Potentially you find a life partner. All right. Um, and can you have a career that provides for you and your partner? This isn't some big idea. This isn't some fucking thing that's going to get 50 million views on Facebook or I don't even know what the cool, the coolest <laughs> platform. That's not what, that's not what that is. It's, can you have a good relationship? Can you work? That's it. That's all. And if you're stuck in fluff, Hey man, you got the wrong idea of what this place is. And another thing, this is, if, if I look at our demographic, which is unfortunate because this message is not going to get heard, but so, when we look at our stats, but maybe someone will pass it on. And just pass this on. Fail. Fail a lot. It's okay. Fail all the fucking time. Get rejected all the time. Don't be abusive to people. You don't need to be abusive. But get rejected. 
Okay. And also reject people, not in an abusive way. Don't do that. That's not okay. Because then it really crushes people and discourages people. But give them expectations. Discriminate against them if they're not performing. Let them know, like Jordan's saying, give them criticism. Give people your expectations. Be okay with getting rejected. Try things. I've fucking had so many jobs that I failed. I got fired in. So many people. It, it goes on. And I had a bankruptcy at age 22 because I thought a credit card was something I'll think about later. Buy a motorcycle on a credit card. Can you talk about a bigger failure? What a loser. Okay. Go do, I mean, don't do that, but like <laughs> go allow yourself to get, go allow yourself to get into trouble. Okay. Go figure it out. It doesn't mean like if you have a blemish that it's over for you, you're a terrible human. I have had, I don't even know how many jobs I've had and failed and got fired from and rejected by so many people that I tried to talk to and felt stupid and felt embarrassed. And you just have to keep doing that. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. Now look how cool I am. I have a dog. <laughs> Here's how cool I am. I'm married and I have a job that supports my family. That's it. That's all you got to that's all you have to live up to. Just do that. Don't be afraid. Amen. And women, get them hey, women, you have to give these young men these expectations too, okay? You have to be independent for yourself. That's true. I, I, women need to be independent. They I, they have to have their own autonomy. However, you have to make your expectations known to these young men so that they have something that they're motivated by, okay? You're going to motivate them or else you guys aren't going to get very far either. So th this is this is how I see the downfall yeah, of Western society. I don't know that, that message is really going to resonate <laughs> right now, but uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting though. It's like, yeah, on a, on a long enough time frame, like uh, w women surpassing men and becoming the new... Uh, like support mechanism like in men just sort of passively being there like then we just kind of end up at square one again it's like it's like we just mm -hmm. flip-flopped um it's interesting all the different outcomes and uh, you know i think that they're falling victim to a lot of the things that we've talked about in social media as well and in, in some cases even worse um like body objectification and all these other things that go on mm -hmm. so yeah i mean everybody just be careful Keep keep these things in mind. Watch out. Watch the the road as it unfurls before you, and maybe look at the map before you go down it. Or or don't make your own map. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I I guess I just feel like it's okay to fail. Just go try things and don't get like if yeah. And parents, maybe if you're listening and you have kids in this demographic, it's good to have expectations. But also, let them fail. There's a lot that needs to be learned from failure. Don't sign. Don't ask the girl out for them. Don't don't drive them everywhere. Don't give them an Uber Eats account. Um, they need to figure it out. Okay, they need to figure it out through through failure. Okay, like Jordan said, he gets and I too through this criticism or failure. Sometimes you don't want to cripple someone's self esteem. Right. However. You need the right amount, okay? You need the right amount so that people, you know, like the, the shame gets tolerable. It's heavy enough that they, it stings a little, but it's not so heavy that they're crushed by it. And then they can learn from it. They're motivated by it. Yeah. We did it. Young men. We did it. I, I, I solved, 
the problem, Jordan. Or I Actually, I shouldn't be giving grandiose. you praise. We solved. <laughs> you did an adequate job and nothing more. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, man. Well, you have yourself a fine day, but not too fun. And uh, is that good, good enough? Good enough. Not good enough. It's an honest. It's yeah. not. It's on. It's honest work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. send me more dog photos. Oh, I don't. I don't take pictures, man. Well, you know start this. taking. One. I forget that I have a camera, dude. I don't real. I, the only time I realize that there's a camera on my phone is when I'm at like parking space deck blue three, and I'm like, oh, I know how to record this information. I have a camera, <laughs> and that's literally the only time that I remember that I walk around the. That's camera not true. You send me plenty of photos of your car and shit. You can send me some of the dog. Come on. I've sent you photos because they were like reference photos. Yeah, well, I need They're a like, reference hey, photo of the dog. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'll send you reference All right, photos. <laughs> Enjoy All right, your day. See you.